the Potadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I am joined by two guys who just talked me off the Commodore Barry Bridge. <laughs> What's up, Chuck and Gene? How are you tonight? You're having a great night tonight? <laughs> it's 1130. Are you having fun? Did you have fun tonight? Yeah, I'm happy. Uh, happy we're staying up late. You know, I got to get up early in the morning, but here we are, and I'm pissed off. And I'm Chuck Siders. You can find me at Chuck Siders. You can find the show at Potadelphia. And I'm Gene Zilak. You can find me at Producer Gene. And I had a really great time learning all about Twitter tonight until you know, the Eagles had to wild on there tonight. I know Gene. until the Eagles had to screw everything up. <laughs> Deuces Rogers retweeted, uh, liked my tweet, and you had to go and ruin everything. You, you were quite good on Twitter, but the 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 real bitterness and like that's that's the time to be on it. So maybe you can go transcribe half our conversations this evening and put it out there. I'll well, just link to the we, show. Yeah, before we uh, really sink our teeth into uh, a double stack shit burger here, uh, let's have a little levity. Like what 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 did you do uh, as soon as the lateral to Golden Tate failed? To make it in the end zone what what did you do what was your visceral reaction i tried to untangle myself from the myriad of cords i had tied myself into <laughs> there was a spider Little... there was a spider in the living room that i crushed with my with my slipper like you know out of pure rage and then i came up here and turned on the computer uh i did the classic stand up and walk away from the tv um which i didn't even think about like what I did until you asked me, Dave. But yeah, I got up, walked out of the room, then walked back and grabbed the baby monitors to take them up to my wife to do this show. <laughs> and then I grabbed I the have, beer. I have, uh, I was sitting in this Ikea chair that I have in my basement and it's not the world's sturdiest construction. It's sort of sleek and, and I don't know, like flimsy in some parts. Sounds very European. I had it in my like, you know, up in the air, like almost over my head, and every fiber of my being wanted to smash this thing into the ground. So instead, I gently put it down and I took a pillow and I slammed it on the couch <laughs> like 25 times as hard as I could, like a diaper baby, angry at what just what I just experienced on my my high definition television set, Chuck. Uh, yeah, it was even worse in 4K. Let me tell you, like the 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 extra definition to show the extra incompetency in the coaching. Um, but man, no, you should have broken that balsa wood uh, Swedish piece. No, of I need it at least for a little while longer. And All right, so where do like we fifty dollars, whatever? <laughs> where do we want to start with this? I mean, there's so many places we can start. Um... Uh, let's just start with. Uh... Our start at the beginning. Oh, all right. We can do chronological. Sure. Go on. So Carson, uh, worst interception of the season for Carson? Worst interception of his career. Carson's good for one turnover a game. Got it out of the way early. Which was why I wasn't so nervous, uh, you know, at first, because like you said, he's good for one a, one a game. He, he then reigns in his risk-taking ability, kind of puts himself into check. So that didn't really rattle me too much, but it was not a good, it was not a good pick. It was... And that was all on him. You can't put that on anybody else but him. I feel like this game was totally lost in the first half. Like, what? Who? I, 
do we – I don't understand what happened. Do we even show up for the first half? The offense? What, what's going on? No, the offense didn't show up for the first half. I thought they looked – you know, very good in the second half, but the first half they were just miserable. I, I, I don't even know what the hell was going on. We looked, we looked inept. We couldn't do a damn thing. Uh, to go back to the the Wentz interception, I was fine with it, just like you guys say. You know, all right, he's good for one a game, and that was his only one a game. But it looked like a pass to the Dallas uh, defensive end. It looked like, you know, Carson got confused in the black jerseys and. Through through to the guy in white and and that was that. But you know that was the most forgivable sin of the the first half. It was really just awful. Like three and outs and and poor play calling and and poor execution. It's just it and it was boring too. I that was the biggest uh. sin. I found myself at halftime like disinterested, and it was Eagles Cowboys. The uh, the real calling card of last year's team was how good they were on third down. And the real calling card of this team is how bad they are on third down. And yep. also how bad they can be in the red zone. It, it's yep. all the things that last year's team did well and executed well. This team seems to struggle with, which I don't understand because to me, that's a lot to do with play calling. And it's the same guy mostly calling the plays. And, and Gene, I'll, I'll go a little bit further. Yeah, like I mean, third I, I down feel like it's gone, dude. I feel like it's not just third down this year; it's fourth down too. Yeah, and, and that's what I was going to get at: is like third down, red zone, fourth down, any play of significance, like that. That Doug Peterson magic is gone. You know, they're not making the right decision. They're not coming through in the clutch. It's when, you know, when it's highlight real time, they're coming up small. You know, even in the second half, you know, we're making big plays, but it wasn't big plays to save our drive. It was a a big play on second down or first down or whatever. But it's like, oh, it's crunch time. All eyes are on you. And we come up small. And God, did we come up small that first half? Here's the thing. Before the game started and all week, I've, I've kept listening to people say Carson Wentz is having better numbers than he had last season when he was the favorite to win the MVP before he got hurt. Here's the stat that's lacking from the season he had last year that he was way better in. It's the win column. Yeah. He's already got more losses now than he had huh. before he went out last year. So... That's that's a pretty big stat that he needs to to beef up. You know, his passer rating, his his efficiency, none of that matters if the team gets an L. Now, now Gene, like you say that are you how much blame are you putting at at Wentz here? I'm not necessarily putting a lot of blame on Wentz specifically, but what I'm saying is I think that there's this perception of this team as if they're going to come around at some point that they're they're just this sleeping giant that's just waiting to to rise from some dormant you know, that, that all these indicators, that Carson's statistics, all these indicators show that this is tr- actually still the Super Bowl team that's just waiting to to just rise from the dead. And I, I just don't think that that's true. You know, they're, 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 all these numbers indicate that there's this efficiency going on, but it must be happening on first and second down or between, or between the 20s. It, it's not happening when we need it to happen. It's not helping us beat 
you know, it's not helping us win games for some reason. You know what's funny, Gene? I just looked it up. Our our so last season our third down uh percentage was 41.7%. This year it's 41.3%. I think it just may be when it's happening. Yeah. You know, I mean like there's not that there's you, we're not blowing people out. I mean, obviously you're not blowing people out. We're not winning. So, um, you know, you're not having those opportunities to be up by three scores, you know, and then you fail to convert and, you know, who cares? We're up getting another beer anyway, because this game's in the bag. Um, we're in the, every game. It's a pressure cooker right now. And it just doesn't seem like this team's up for it. I mean, does this last year, it felt like when you would get to third and seven, like we got it, you know, there was no, you didn't have that, that sense of, Oh shit! Again, here we are. We're going to turn this ball over again. But this year, if it's not third and two, third and three, I I don't feel confident. I don't feel confident on third and two and third and three. You know, it's and, and a little bit of that is on the a lot of that's on the play calling. You know, I see that Andy Reid streak in in Doug Peterson that we just hate. You know, third and two, third and three. That should be easy. And then Carson gets the ball, drops back in the pocket, and now all of a sudden he's we've made it a third and ten for God knows what reason, you know. But no, did you guys I, enjoy. Did you guys enjoy our fourteen rushing plays today? Is that all we had? Was fourteen <laughs> rushing plays? We had Adams that. had seven, uh, Clement had five, Smallwood had two, and Wentz had two, but they were scrambles. So well, one of them might have been a so twelve cold runs. Sneak. What's that? So 12 cold runs? 14. Adams okay. had seven. Okay. Uh, Clement had five. And Smallwood had two. Okay. And Wentz had 32 passing attempts. I, We're going to put know. a lot Why of them. Why did we go away from Josh Adams? Didn't he, like, snap off a 25-yard run in the first quarter? Yeah, and he half? probably would have grinded them to death, too. If it, Here's the thing is we're going to put a lot of blame on the offense because the offense was so inept. But, Hell, yeah. But the defense – has got to once again share some of this blame because they could not win the fourth quarter. They couldn't stop. I, I probably could have found a hole and run. You, you didn't need a Zeke Elliott. You could have gotten anybody that was going to break off runs. They couldn't stop any. And that's a, is a very one-dimensional team. I guess we become very one-dimensional on defense when we have literally nobody in the secondary. Yeah. You I, 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 I can't help that injury. But, no, I put a lot of blame on the defense, especially the second half. That second half, it was – First half, the offense did nothing. The defense was uh, fine, not not great, but fine. the The second half, we couldn't stop a damn thing, and you know uh, the offense was lighting it up. You know it looked like we could you know move the ball at will, but we couldn't stop anything. And oh my god, that third down formation, where it's we don't care how many yards you need, we'll give you all but one. And just trust our guys to stop you with one yard to spare. That was maddening. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, I mean, that's what hosed us uh, the second time it happened. Uh, I, I don't know what would you rush for, and then everybody else stands at a line on the the first down marker and just tries to hold people in front of them. I, it's just, I don't understand. The, there's no pressure on the quarterback. There's no chance to take advantage of field position with that move. I don't understand why Doug sort of co-signs this. Uh, and I've never seen it before. I, I, like honestly, I've never seen this before. This 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 methodology of defense. Yeah, it's a very strange. Like, usually, when it's third and long, everyone pins their ears back and they go, 
Yeah. Now this guy, now he got to face a major rush. Usually you send somebody too. So he doesn't have enough time to get it out to the first down marker. And you sat the ass. Right. Yeah. And, and then and, and that's you, where Jim Johnson made his money. Oh God. <laughs> that is where, that is where Jim I Johnson thought, made his money. I thought Dak Prescott was not going to survive this game. <laughs> He had that look in his eye very early on that was like he was just he was like shell shocked. As well, he should have. We're knocking the crap out of Michael him. Michael Bennett basically times, lived in his pants. How many times do you watch an NFL football game and see a team with third and long have to take a sack? It happens all the time. I watched it all day today. And and you normally leave like what one two guys back hanging out at the the first down line you know they're they're your spies you send everybody else you put a few people in the middle and then all right guys you're our last hope don't keep they're them from getting safeties. the first yeah yeah and and you know you know what Dak prescott is good for making mistakes under pressure that's yeah. kind does of his parson, calling card does parson get to sit on a third and 11 for eight seconds to find somebody no, he's got people draped all over him because defenses are aggressive. I don't know why we have the most passive defense in the league. And it's not working. It's not working. If we were sitting here, you know, throwing our hands up going, I hate the look of that. You know, essentially all they have to do is beat one guy. If everybody stands back, you know, you know, you have the, the ball, you just find your hole and, and run at the weakest guy. But no, if, if it were working and it just looked horrible and, and on paper it shouldn't work, we'd go, okay, maybe maybe they know something we don't. But it's not working. We're not stopping a, a third down. We're not doing a damn thing. It's back up to the back up to the first down marker and hope for the best and then fail. And then fail. We're not it's not successful. How do why do we keep doing it? It's counterintuitive. It is not common knowledge. It is there's no school of thought that says this is a good idea, and all the numbers indicate it's a bad idea. Why the hell do we keep doing it? I don't know. Um, should we go to the fourth quarter now? Yeah, sure. Why the hell not? <laughs> there's not a <laughs> lot to talk, talk about, about the... between the second and third. Uh, I. <laughs> Let's talk about the last, the last, uh, the last possession that we had. Um, can, all right, so injuries going into this game. Uh, Lane Johnson was out. Darren Sproles. Um, so Peterson's press. Darren Sproles uh, was supposed to play in this game. He supposed practiced to be back. apparently. Yeah, he went to practice. Somebody uh, came out and, and said, Darren, seeing Darren Sproles at practice was like getting another offensive weapon. It was like another pickup. It was like trading for two guys instead of just one. This, you know, at the deadline. So, so everyone thinks Darren Sproles is going to play this week. So they cut DeAndre Carter. So now, who who was returning punts in this game? Tate. Yeah, Tate was. Did he return that last punt? Yeah. It was he not returned, a good punt. I, return. I think I think he returned them all. Yeah, he tried to make a move, and I think he lost his footing was part of the problem. And the coverage was bad. Like, there was nobody protect. Like, he the nice thing about what I saw in him, that he does field the ball well. Um, We were having a hard time getting clean, just clean catches on punts for a while. But he seems to have fixed that. You you still have to block. You can't just let nine guys run at him. 
you're not going to get anywhere. Well, did they sell out for that one to try to get the block? They must uh, have. Yeah, I think they did. They must have. Well, then maybe he should have just like fair made a fair catch and just secured the ball rather than well, give up. Thing. Like he burned forward. Yeah, he burned a bunch of seconds running back and forth for minus five yards, um, which is maybe five yards that would have been closer to the end zone if on the last play. Uh, but whatever. I mean, basically, the the management of this team and the coaching staff has put us in a horrible position with, when it comes to punt returns uh, because they totally mismanaged the Darren Sproles situation. Forget Darren Sproles, okay? It's over. It's done. It's It was done before this season started. And right. if anybody thought Darren, we were going to have access to Darren Sproles for this this entire year, you haven't been paying attention. It's basically like a Jason Peters situation. Like, we're, we're playing with house money with Jason Peters every time he plays a snap. But anyway, can can someone explain to me how we get down to third and two? I think we're, where were we on like the uh, this was before this last drive, right? The third and two, and then we we had to go for it on fourth. Yeah, right. And uh, we, that that was the second to last drive. Second to last drive. We're third and two. Uh, of course, you have to go shotgun. Yeah, yeah that makes two. sense. And then on top of the shotgun. You throw it back two yards, pitch it back two yards. So now we got to go 12 yards to get the first down. I don't – why do we do this? Why is every play a shotgun? And how is it possible that you've got two guys blocking that linebacker and he sheds them like they're not there to make that tackle? And and we all know it's fourth four-down territory. It's four-down territory. Like, they need to score on this drive to, to tie the game. Why? Why the hell not do two quarterback sneaks? You need two yards, you know. Like, I, I mean, it's. I'm being a, a touch facetious there. I maybe that's not the best play calling, but it would have been a hell of a lot better than what we saw. You know, two quarterback sneaks probably would have gotten us the first down. Jason Garrett like, is a bad coach, and he did not yeah. coach this game well. He gave us lots of opportunities to win this game. Yeah. The problem was. We actually were out coached by Jason Garrett. Like, oh my lord, the fake punt! Oh my god, <laughs> we we got fake punted, and it was the like maybe the 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 crappiest fake punt I've ever seen. It was oh it was you barely even noticed it was a fake punt. So yeah, rage that... is now subsiding, like subsiding to humiliation, because tomorrow's the worst day of work ever. Do you work with Cowboys fans? Well, they work with Cowboy fans. Yeah. Well, and the, the thing is, they've all been dormant, and they've just been waiting. <laughs> they've just been waiting to, like, erupt, like, you know, like like hives or whatever. But they're the Cowboy fans that abs- they, they probably don't really care that much if they lose, but now that they win, it's, like, a big deal for them. Like, yeah, you, they- you, like they can give it to you, and you get annoyed, but when you give it to them, they're like, whatever, I don't really care. Right, I, I, don't, don't, actually, you- I don't actually like the Cowboys. Yeah, these are the Cowboys fans who were, were the kids who liked getting beat up for attention in, in grade school. And, you know, you know, as somebody who was picked on in grade school, that's not like like dismissing the the kid that was bullied. But I, I I'm thinking of specific kids and I'm kind of mad and I feel like naming them. But I'm not going to do it, but, but I'm thinking of specific kids who are just like, I will take the attention any way I can get it. And it's like, yeah, they're going to kick the crap out of me. But, hey, look, I'm the center of attention. Those are Philly-based Dallas fans. 
Like and they're, they're so are, happy right now. They can't wait yeah. to go to work tomorrow. They're the ones yeah. that are going to show up at Wawa for their coffee in their big blue star hat. And they're going to say across, you know, to the to the to the poor girl behind the counter, "How about them cowboys?" Oh my God, Jerry yeah, so with the Delco tonight. accent. Jerry's happy. The clapper, he's happy. This is miserable. It's and the season's over. I mean, the season's over, right? Yeah. Four and five. We got Saints next week in New Orleans. Yeah, God. If, if, Four and six. I don't know what the over. I don't know what the line on that's going to be, but I think we're going to be a double-digit dog. I really you do. See the I, stat? We have the second hardest schedule in the league for we the play, rest of the way. We play five first place teams in a row. Chris Collingsworth told me about ten times. Oh God, Chris Collingsworth. Wearing his silver shirt and blue tie tonight. Yeah, we're going to be double digit dogs to them that next week, and which will be, I think, the first time in the season we're going to not be favored in a game, and we're going to be a double digit. Do- we're going to be like an eleven point dog next week, without a yeah, doubt. Then I'll take the Saints. I mean, I, I have no faith we can. We can stop the the season Drew Brees is having, and I'll just be happy if we can have them not cover to next week. If we can just not get embarrassed next week, that team looks like it's going to go out and like run a track meet against everyone. That I don't know how anybody's going to stop that offense. The only thing they can stop them is if all the rest of their receivers blow their Achilles. That's literally the only high. The only good thing about this whole week was that Des Bryant blew his Achilles before he could actually play down. That was literally the only good thing that happened this yeah, week. Yeah, I don't. Welcome to Potadelphia. Uh, we are not ashamed to cheer for opposing <laughs> teams' injuries. I can't, like, I can't co-sign the injury. I, I think it is like sort of humorous that he signs a contract and then walks on a practice field, and now he's out for the season. Yeah, I mean, I, he's I'm out not, for his career. So I, I'm not saying I'm cheering for the injury, but I wasn't upset about it. <laughs> you were, <laughs> Chuck. Oh my lord! So Darby goes down, and, and we're like useless. I didn't know Ronald Darby was, like, essential to us doing anything on defense. Well, I mean, when you've got a secondary that's held together by duct tape and bubble gum, that's that's what happens when you've got you've got to put in some guy that you just found off the street, probably, or used to play at, like, Delco Community College. I have no idea. I had no well, idea. Send him on a corner blitz. The guy could probably blitz, right? Yeah, he can be probably quick enough to get to the quarterback. I, I mean, I mean, do something other than just playing his own defense that high school quarterbacks know how to find seams in. Well, and they really only needed to double cover one guy. Just put two guys. There's one receiver that's catching passes. Put two guys on him. Put the rest of the guys on Zeke Elliott and make somebody else on that team beat you. Now we're going to get defensive Doug all week. Because you're not allowed to question anything Doug does in a press conference, apparently. Oh, it's just the worst. This is just the worst. Yeah. When the Eagles lose, it's the worst. When you lose to Dallas, it's doubly it, bad. Yeah, you didn't know it was the worst until that happens. And, I can't. And, somebody and, else host this show. I don't, I can't. I, I can't. <laughs> well, and the question as to the season being done, it, it's not in our hands anymore. It's going to have to be the Redskins fall apart. The Redskins are going to have to be like, oh yeah, it turns out you know we're we're the Tampa Bay Bucks. You know we had. You know, a good little run, and now now we suck, and we can't do anything. Uh, thanks, you know. Ryan Fitzpatrick, by the way. You could have helped us out today. No. I mean, and no, you made were... a move. You're a buyer. You're a buyer. You're a 500 team, and you're a buyer. You don't even use what you bought. <laughs> you, have a, you, have a, you have a bye week to get this guy I- I- into the system. And w- what do you got? 
Yeah. Nothing. It's yeah, like, did he, I, did I he just, have one I'm catch or did he have two catches today? I don't even know what he did. Stevens is not coached well. I, I, I just, I, I just dug a good coach. I feel I, like we I, ask this every other week. I'm willing to reserve judgment on Doug for this entire season. He could shit the bed here on out, and I mean he's he's been doing it up to now more or less. But I'm willing to reserve judgment on the defense. Schwartz, I, I I'm, I'm throwing up my hands. I I do not agree with the play calling at least. Well, well, you know, Mr. National Media Coverage, you won the Super Bowl, so you're not allowed to be critical of the team, at least for this season. Oh God. All right, let's get let's get into that now. I was I wasn't gonna touch on it because I thought it might appear in one of our penalty boxes. But Al Michaels going, Oh, the fans are apparently booing. Jeez, we're what, nine games in the season? How many games were in the season? Like, are we just supposed to clap and smile and act like everything's okay? It it doesn't mean that we're mad at, well, it does mean we're mad at the team, but it doesn't mean that we're no longer fans. It doesn't mean that we don't appreciate the Super Bowl win. But after that first half, if we didn't boo, then, then we're not real fans. It, booing is active. Cheering is active. Sitting on your hands quietly is is not being involved. That's not caring. That's not what we do. We as Philadelphia fans, we feel like we're part of the team. And if things are going well, we're going to be loud as hell. And if things are going bad, we're going to be even louder than that. And I really hope the players went into the locker room. And if any one of them went, oh, I can't believe they're booing us. Well, they they shouldn't be on the damn team. They should be as upset as we are. They should be more upset than we are after that first half. So, yeah, boom off the field. Boom off the field. This isn't the first game of the year. I think we talked about it. Of Is it appropriate to boo in the first game of the year after the Super Bowl? No, we're we're several games in. We're, God, what the hell is our record? Four and five, four and six? I don't even know. Whatever. It's not a winning one. Yeah, we can boom off the damn field. When they deserve it, we're going to boo and still buy all of our Super Bowl 52 merchandise. See, here's the interesting yeah, thing. Chuck, hell yeah. I feel like Al Michaels, uh, by proxy, was speaking for the rest of the country. I think that America was convinced that by winning the Super Bowl that we would all be cured of our ills. That, um, that Philadelphia fans would suddenly become uh, neutered. They would become domesticated. That those, those dogs would finally come to heel. And, you know, we would all quietly, you know act like the rest of the sports fans and we would all become Boston fans is what we would do. We would all become not not Red Sox fans, Patriots fans. Red Sox fans are real fans. Patriots fans as they throw beers at their championship trophy. And not well. They threw beers like just like we did. You know, Peterson caught a caught a beer. It's just it's not the fact they threw the beer, it's how poorly they threw it. Anyway, right. you got Go Rico, Mike Trico. I hope they enjoy looking at that championship batter and yeah, yeah, yeah. not booing. Shut the hell up. Listen, the opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference. Thank you. I nearly broke that quote out myself, and I didn't know it was known. I think back to, <laughs> I, I think back to like my freshman year English teacher who said that, and I, I wrote that down. The opposite of love is not hate. I'm like, that is profound. It's stuck with me all these years. And I think I've had I more didn't... than one ex-girlfriend tell me that. But anyway. Well, <laughs> in the breaking up process. 
and Dave shrugged indifferently as he left her in the room. <laughs> You're probably oh right. <laughs> All right. Well, what else about the NFL? Do we talk anything anything else about the NFL that anyone wants to bring up or this game? I, I, we could do our Picadelphia picks. I think we missed them last week. I don't. Did we pick them this week? I don't care. We did. We did. We did. All right. Let's. We let's, did. We let's all go picked through. the Eagles. Yeah. So we all lost that one. Yeah. And then, so what'd you pick, Chuck? I don't remember. I think I picked the Saints. Um, that would have been I'm a playing. smart play, Chuck. Oh, I, I I think I was the one who made the first pick. <laughs> I think it was Saints minus six. I'm trying to find it now. So maybe. you had a big win. If that's why I picked. Yep, I picked Eagles minus seven. That wasn't so good. And Saints minus six. That was that was good. Gene, you took the Eagles and the Chargers. I don't know how the Chargers game, if that went final. They it looked like they weren't. Yeah, Chargers won by 14. Okay, so then they covered. Right, you covered. And then I had, the, uh, I had the Bears, and the Bears won by 12. Yeah, so we all split. Yeah, we, yeah, we all did pretty well if we didn't have to pick the damn Eagles game. <laughs> yeah, if we didn't care about our hometown team, we, we'd we be great at gambling. Oh, my gosh. Have we – we the Giant, is the Giants game the only game we covered? The Giants and the Jags? Yeah, I think that's it. Got to be the two worst teams in the league. Because we didn't my cover Lord. against Atlanta. Dear God. It's bad. Oh, it's it bad. Is. It's bad. Uh, All right. Let's talk about some happy stuff now because everyone else is doing great. (laughs) (laughs) We do half an hour on how the Eagles suck. Big exhale. It's a great time to be a Philly (laughs) sports fan. I feel like we should just start over. We should just start over. Welcome to Philadelphia. Three teams are doing great. Yeah, I feel like we're going to go small, medium, and large with these free agents this year, and the small is Golden Tate the third. Um, and I think medium, the Sixers are going to hit, even though it's a huge get for the Sixers. Oh, it's a huge get for the Sixers. Oh, huge. So w- did I break the news for you guys? N- uh, no, a uh, friend who I, I only know as a Rage- uh, Rangers fan, she sent me a text like, uh, congrats on uh, um, Butler. And it was just like, I'm like, Really? And I considered like tweeting it out from the Philadelphia account before finding any other confirmation because I couldn't find it. I'm like, can we like kind of break this? Like sources out of Connecticut, mm-hmm. like <laughs> say that we saw some and girl then... I know says <laughs> some girl I know <laughs> she don't pass along bullshit. I um, was driving home from uh, kindergarten soccer uh, when I found out the news. I got a text from a buddy. And I was like, my son must think I'm bananas. I was like Ray Liotta in the shower scene of Goodfellas, like just like screaming Jimmy at the top of my lungs with the windows down. And it's like 27 degrees outside because uh, I was just beyond excited about this. Uh, it's, I mean, it's huge. It, like, all right, it's a gamble, right? It's risky. What's the risk? That he's not going to fit in? That he's going to so, be a, a cuckoo bananas guy and – make everybody crazy so part of the risk is that the other part of the risk is you know at the end of the year he hasn't fallen in love with being here and would actually take less money to play somewhere else i feel like that's not as bad uh, but yeah i'm worried about the fit in here i mean that is a little bit of a risk 
but it's well, absolutely if, one. Because if he doesn't take. fall in love with being here and the fit is bad, I don't want him to resign anyway. Because we're going to need to go find somebody else. <laughs> um, but the yeah. the fit for this just seems too good. Like he seems like if you weren't going to get, you know, Kawhi, like this was the other guy to go get to to kind of cover what you need as far as what's not handled by what we already have in place. I, I think it was expensive, but it was not a price I wasn't willing to pay. What we gave up, especially like tossing in a second-round pick, we've got those things in, in, in bushels. <laughs> um, you know, Robert Covington's a good player. He was, you know, maybe the the best find of the process, you know, of, of like the that second tier of the process players. Uh, he's a really solid NBA player. He started for this team a lot of games, logged a lot of minutes. He's a really good defender, but he's not a franchise player. He's not going to, you're not going to win a championship with Robert Covington as your third star. And we all love Dario. He was, the bromance between him and Joel Embiid was maybe the best subplot of the last two years. Uh, And if you weren't paying attention to that, my God, you missed a lot. Get caught up. (laughs) So... Um, a little, a little bit of uh, fashion, Delphia. Um, <laughs> probably the two uh, most enjoyable hairstyles to watch are now gone from the team. Yeah, that is kind of sad. Yeah, yeah, they were. I mean, although it seems like Ben's kind of going for the kid and play thing. Have you noticed that his his his, his box his, is getting his box is getting higher? higher and higher? Yeah, I think he's just trying to get extra height on defense. <laughs> I could co-sign that. It'd be I, great I, if him and Joel did the the you know the leg up dance move, kid and play dance move. Oh, how great would that be? They're that already be... both wearing orange shoes. I'm just trying. You know, the other night I was for like, which one of them is going to? You know, are they like trying to see who can top the other one with more orange in their shoes? Ben's were like, I feel like day if glow. we were able to somehow give them the idea, they would be happy to run with it. Yeah, we should tweet <laughs> yeah. that at them, Chuck. Yeah, sure. Learn Let, this dance to... move, Joel. Let, let's talk to the two guys who are like in their early 20s like all right have we got an idea for you let's go back late 80s early 90s hip-hop there was this one dance move that was burning its way through the cyo in the delaware valley i'm going to see how to do it's called the kid and play after that you can move on to the roger rabbit and you're going to be so incredibly hip like 30 damn years after the fact can you imagine like the the, the house party at at uh at, at probably Brett uh, Brett Brown's house where they all sit around and watch like House Party One and House Party Two, like that <laughs> would he... blow their minds. JJ Reddick is probably going to be the one like he'll be in the kitchen making wings, whatever, because he probably saw them. Because JJ Reddick's like forty two, <laughs> right? He's up there. Movie night at Brett Brown's house. Movie night at yeah. Brett Brown's house. And, and unfortunately, Brett Brown is our peer in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> like he he's the one like oh that's that kid that's like, joke was okay hilarious. guys okay guys i got the popcorn up with the raisin heads <laughs> he's like from boston what the hell was that accent that's how they welcome jimmy butler to the team it's a house party where they watch house party. accents from listening to this show by now you need to go back to some past episodes uh and listen <laughs> i was just trying to grab my there you put the raisinets in the popcorn. I I used to use what are the what are the uh, the ones that are the the ones with the little white uh, 
dots snow on caps? them. Snow caps. That's what I put in pop. The non-parels. The non-parels. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> you got your parels. You got your non-parels. Okay. Um, all right. But all all kidding aside, uh, Dario and and Covington. I mean, they're valuable rotation players. Like. You may not be able to win with Covington as your third star, uh, but you could win a championship with Covington on your team. But don't you think that it's going to be like you can find valuable rotation players? It's hard to get guys that are top 10 players, at least like as far as what Jimmy Butler is when he's a two way player. Like you don't like those guys, you, you, you have to give things up in order to get them. Or else you've got to hope that they want to join your team. You have to you have to do all yeah, this yeah. all the pitching. So th- at some point, we were going to have to give up assets, to put it in in process terms. We were going to have to to ship off assets. And honestly, I would rather. I think we kind of know what we had with Covington and, and and Dario. Maybe there's a little bit of a higher ceiling, but neither one of those guys was going to be Jimmy Butler good. And now yeah. we've got Jimmy Butler. Isn't that the point of the process? It was to gather assets. And I hate talking about human beings like this, but it's part of the game of you gather picks, you gather good players. And if if Dario isn't a superstar and Covington isn't a superstar, but together their value along with a second round pick can get you a third superstar, then do it. And hope that you have the other assets to replace Dario on his own and Covington on his own. Uh, I, I mean, the the way I look at it, because I look at everything in hockey terms, we gave up, you know, uh, a great fourth liner and a really good third liner for, you know, uh, somebody who's a, a top line player. You know, so, yeah, you need great third and fourth liners to win a championship, but you, you need to make sure your top line's you know, great before that point, you know, you know, worry about the entree before you worry about the dessert. And I don't think they're done. My metaphors further. I think they go out and they find another rotation type player. Um, Yeah, I would love actually uh, now Kyle Korver actually looks pretty good to me now to replace that three point. Do you um, think that he's available? What do you think it takes to get Kyle Korver? I don't I don't know. You know, it's always the money's got to match, the expiring contracts have to match. Like, all that stuff is – I need to put stuff in the NBA trade you calculator and thing. see what, what comes out. But I think it's great that we got rid of Jared Bayless also. And, yeah, God. And take, you, you can have him. The thing that's going to be interesting is there's going to be uh, some growing pains. Um, you're going to see some some readjustment on how to play. You, you don't just throw a guy like Jimmy Butler in and then have it just snap right into place. I mean, if, if it does – and I'm wrong, awesome, great thing to be wrong about. But I have a sense that you might see a couple of weeks where you might see some some basketball where you're going, like, do these people even know each other? Like, have they met? Like, what's going on? I think what's going to happen, and really, very realistically, this was this move is not about necessarily this year, which is to your point when you were saying, you know, if he doesn't resign, that's an issue. Because really, this is that... that foundational piece where next year when you've got an off season and you can really have they've got some time to have gelled together you'll really know what those couple of pieces you need to make this team actually make a run not only at the east maybe by next year you can put something together you can be a legit contender 
Well, okay. So here's um, two things that I think are really positive. One, he had to approve the trade. Um, so he wasn't going to, I, I don't think he was going to go to a team that he didn't want to. No, I know he re- desperately wanted out of Minnesota, but I don't think he wanted to go into another from one bad situation to another. And two, I think we're going to get like this great, um, maybe at least two months of a honeymoon period where, you know, everyone wants to work out. And I think he thinks that he knows intellectually that at least I hope he knows, or at least I hope his agent is telling him that, this is this is it. Like you cannot screw the pooch here. If it if it goes south here and and you're not coachable and you're not a, a good teammate and you pass on the Sixers and you have to go out in the open market again, you're going to get paid, but you're, you're not going to get max max four years paid. Or you're going to get paid by somebody you someplace you don't want to play. Right, that just needs something to to juice somebody to, to, to put some butts in seat. seats. This yeah. he has the potential here with the way this team is constructed. If he can buy into what the culture is that Ben and Joel have kind of established, because it's really, really, it's Joel's team. Like he is the yeah. the the engine that drives the the culture of this team. It, it all kind of turns on his on him. And he is an absolute stud right now. He's dropping like forty and. 18 a game right now he's gonna be he's gonna start at center for the east he's second in scoring in the league the guy is a beast so you can't come into this team and think like now you're gonna be the like no this is joel's team you're coming into joel's team and if you can buy into the culture trust me it's gonna it's gonna you're gonna get loved you're not you're not gonna have to carry the whole load yeah, and like you know, Ben Ben's a facilitator. He's gonna find you. You're gonna get your buckets. You know, Ben would much it. rather find you than 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 keep it himself. Exactly, exactly. I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be fine. I think it's. I'm talking myself into it's gonna be fine. <laughs> <laughs> and I really think that if we make another move and and shore up that rotation piece, because I, I feel like we're still a little light. We're a little light at the moment. Um, but so, what do you think the lineup looks like now? Who, what do you? How do you start? Because we lost two starters basically. Yeah, well, that's the thing. So it's going to be, uh, <laughs> so Joel, Ben, Ben at the Jimmy. point. Ben at the point, right? Uh, you don't move like well, Ben to the three now, do you? Ben to the four. Ben to the four. Have Fultz and Reddick start, and then you put Jimmy at the three. Yeah, I mean, that's where he plays, right? Yeah, I thought sometimes he played like a two. Yeah, it's, but... it's basketball is very strange now because it's almost like you throw out the traditional positions. You know, the shooting forward, the power forward. You have, you know, you have like these guys that are the, you know, the the, the stretch wings. You have, uh, you know, you've got centers that are being drafted. You know, for their ability to shoot threes. It's it's all thrown into a blender now. But um, I feel like that combination of five is probably how you're going to have the most success. So to some degree, this helps Markel Fultz. There's a lot of people that as soon as Jimmy Butler got got traded the first thing out of their mouth was markel's gonna end up running away like hiding well Fultz was dog-eared to be the third star he's not gonna be the third star no uh, i i'm thinking he's probably gonna get traded is markel evan turner is, is, is that an equivalent i mean does will he have a career as good as evan turner i mean evan turner's still in the league he's still a guy that averages oh, yeah. 12 he's points a game 
I think he's better than Evan Turner. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, Evan Turner is just a guy, essentially. He's a rotation guy, and he was, he, but he was the number two pick in the draft. Um, and hey, so he's Butler's not going to play until Wednesday, right? Wednesday, yeah. Uh, so tonight's game against the Heat, who I guess were the front runners to trade for Butler for a while. Uh, we're going to be undermanned again, which really hurt us last night against. The yeah, Pistons. we we only had nine guys, and we were gassed. Yeah, it's a good scene. Yeah, but unless they call up some some guys from Delaware. You know, Furcon uh, lace them up a little bit. Yeah, I think there are a couple guys in the D League that could probably give you like eight or nine minutes. And... Yeah, Cork Moss is on the roster. Did he even play? I, I don't know. I don't remember seeing him. I watched a lot of that game, but I didn't see. I him watched it kind of in fast forward because well, I knew Wednesday the result. Night, who are they playing? Uh, Magic, Orlando. Yeah, and it's away. His first home game, I guess, is Saturday. It's gonna be must must see TV. Uh, Friday, the Jazz are here. Friday, the Jazz are here. Oh, that so would be a good the, game. Uh, the rookie of the year runner up. Yeah, it'll be a good game. <laughs> All right, we got another team in town that hasn't lost since we last spoke to you. No, they haven't. No, they haven't. They and haven't. I'm not even talking about your awesome uh, interview. Oh. <laughs> they, they haven't lost since we did a regular show, which, by yeah. the way, if you haven't listened to that interview, check it out. It was very well done. Thank you. It was very entertaining. Thank I was you. happy. I was happy to hear it. I learned some things. <laughs> I have a new book on my uh, my reading list now. Did you pick it up, or is it just uh It's just, like, queued up because okay. I'm, I'm halfway through my current book. Yeah, no, I, I do actually, you know, now that we don't have Sean McIndoe here, and I still have no idea how to pronounce his last name. I think I that's still, right. I, I think I'm right, too, but if you do listen to a couple of the other shows he's doing, the pronunciation of the name varies every time. But I do legitimately recommend the book. It's a very entertaining, very easy read. Um, yeah, I, I mean, as, as soon as I finish uh, Fifty Shades Darker and Fifty Shades <laughs> Freed, I'm going to go right to the history of hockey. It was called the history of hockey. Uh, the Down Goes Brown History of the NHL, okay. the world's most beautiful sport run by the world's most incompetent league or something along those lines for the subtitle. <laughs> and he came here first. We were the first in Philly to get him. Um, by the we're time exclusive for like 12 hours. Well, in Philly, we're I think we're still exclusive. Nice. Yeah, probably not by the time people are listening to this. But um, to talk about hockey outside of that very special podcast that you should definitely listen to and you should definitely buy the book. Um, the Flyers have been playing really well. They just like no ifs, ands, or buts. Um, this week, uh, they played great games. Um it's funny to say that the team's playing well when you give up two shorthanded goals on one penalty. Oh God! Well, yeah, that wasn't ideal. Uh, our power, our penalty kill is horrible. Um, our penalty kill is a lot like the Eagles on third downs. They have this idea of something that should work on paper. It fails every single time, but they're sticking with it. John um, Luke Picard is not a good goalie. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna John say Luke. it's amazing how well they're That's doing, considering name. that we're on. You know, we're very close to pick a guy and and throw him in net. You know, just stick the pads on somebody. Yeah, I don't know if you well, ever have you ever played uh, street hockey like behind garage. Like we used to play behind these garages, like where I live, and nobody ever wanted to be the goalie. It would always be like somebody's little brother. It'd be like, hey, uh, put him in the pads and just stick him over there. And with we'll like just... a baseball glove, right? Right, and right, <laughs> a baseball glove on both hands, and just we'll just fire pucks at him. <laughs> Maybe he'll stop a couple. We'll just have to score way more than the other guys. 
Well, that, that's more or less how Ken Dryden became a goalie. So, um, so there, there's my little bit of hockey history. But no, Brian Elliott has actually been playing well. Um, and and I shouldn't be that surprised. I Brian Elliott is a slightly above average NHL goalie, and if you look at his stats right now, they are like a fraction of a percentage point <laughs> above average. Um, but he has played well. The defense has been better. Uh, Provorov um, is back closer to his normal self, and we are scoring a ton of goals. So, uh, no, it, the Flyers are a fun team to watch. I know people are frustrated with them and whatever and say they're not fun. I don't get it. For a team that lets up a ton of goals and scores a ton, ton of goals, they are a fun team to watch. We kicked the crap out of Chicago, which isn't as big as an accomplishment as it used to be. Um, hey, man, we, they can't win here unless it's a Stanley Cup final. Yeah. Yep, unless it's, you know, only one. Only one. They lost the other two. Is this game six. Oh, I hate you were at, right? so much. No, I was not at any uh, game. I, Gene was at. I was at the one. Uh, what was it? I think it's game three. Game three. I think you were yeah, at the one. Uh, the one that Drew Claude overtime Drew, winner. Yeah, the Drew overtime winner it was great. Yeah, fantastic. I own that game. I watched that game. Um, but no, we beat Arizona twice, which is more of an accomplishment than it sounds. Uh, Arizona is actually a really tenacious team. I actually really like what a. Uh, talk it's doing with them they are aggressive on the puck they have the most shorthanded goals in the league and that was before they scored two shorthanded goals against us on one power play but no it's been a really good week uh jvr is coming back in the near future if i had to put a, a guess out there i'd say he's going to come back on the black friday game but we're um, hot right now man we're we hot are. right now i don't want to waste this hotness on the west coast teams I'll get some easy. I want to play some the Lightning. I want to play the the Capitals. I want to play the Penguins. Well, like, how about really test us? Like, what's well, but well, the 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 well, the Pens are struggling a bit, but we have some uh, a good week coming up. It's going to be Panthers. Okay, which isn't shouldn't be much of a test. I really want to get crap out of the Panthers, the Devils, who are last in our division, but only because they've played like three or four fewer games. Like if we did points percentage, they would be up there with the rest of the division. Our division is insanely tight. And then uh, we close out the week against uh, the bolts. So, um, you know, it's been, it, it'll be a good test week. And then, like I said, after that, I think JVR is going to come back. You know, I think one thing we wanted to touch on today, which was a article. God, I forget where I found it, but, on uh somewhere on the internet um regardless billions of websites that are it out was, there it's billy penn or something like i follow them on twitter they do a good job of reporting local philly news and now i'm blanking now I, I, I know that i know the site you're talking about though i think well good thank you dave because we're here to entertain you we're here <laughs> you are our sole listener so but um billy penn on twitter um uh, brought up a article regarding uh, the Flyers' attendance and saying despite Gritty's popularity, and Gritty is as insanely popular as you think he is, that we are the uh, attendance is lowest as it's been in decades. 
And that is very concerning based on the headline and some of the article. Guys, what do you think about that before I give you my thoughts? Gene, do you want to go first? So I, I guess the the theory is that people don't like hockey anymore. I, I can't. I mean, I don't know what else to to say. Is, is is there some sort of generation gap where they're saying the next? I didn't read the article, but it, at at some point in the article, does anybody say millennials and their phones don't want to watch hockey? Because I feel like that's where this this guy who was writing this was kind of headed. Is is that there's some sort of generation? I don't know what logic. Like I said, I didn't read it, but what I don't know what what his he attributes the the dip in the the decline to. But we'll we'll get there. But no, the he didn't attribute to millennials and their phones. But that's always a good guess when um, blaming a boogeyman. Um, he more threw up like I guess people are getting tired of hockey and and tired of the style. Flyer style of play. I, I will I, say that the only thing, my personal feeling, my personal sense is that somehow there has become a disconnection with because I've just been talking to people about the podcast. Um, people will often say to me, I love what you guys do. I don't watch hockey. <laughs> um, but then on the other hand, I'll talk to people and be like, you guys handle hockey better than anybody else. So I feel like almost there's a certain, almost like a fracturing of, of the fandom here in Philadelphia where it's, there are people that follow three teams or, or people that follow one team. Um, yeah. I think there's bleed over, obviously, but I feel like the hardcore Flyers fans still exist. The thing that I don't think maybe is happening is that some of the hardcore Flyers fans are still going to the Wells Fargo Center. You know, and, I think maybe people I, are more think, watching it because it's 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 not as bad a presentation as it used to be on on TV, and it's getting more expensive to go to a hockey game. And, and those are all good points. Some of which I um I think are are quite valid. I I think other ones are, you know, not quite on, but definitely a a niche sport. Dave, do you want to give your your you know gut shot take of why Flyers attendance is low, or do you want me to to go onto my theory? <laughs> Well, I don't know. I, I think that Flyers have always offered sort of a, le a level of consistency. You know, I think how, how many years in a row did we qualify for the playoffs? Maybe we didn't get to the cup or but it's only recently that we've kind of started missing the playoffs um, here and there. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think we're kind of at the point of almost being apathetic about it. Now it's sort of, they're the least interesting team right now. That's a good point there. And, and both of these are really good theories. And I think Dave, one of the things you touched on is before the uh, golden Knights came into existence, the flyers had the second highest winning percentage in all of hockey. It was, really? um, yep. It was the Montreal Canadians and then the Philadelphia flyers like for the, for their history. For their history, yep, they the Flyers were the second winningest small team. sample size Golden Knights. Yeah, I know they screwed everything up, but they're they're the I don't know if they're the winningest because they've never won a cup, but I guess in games one, you know, based on how long they've been around, they are the winningest. But um, pre previously uh, to that, we were second, and you touch on there being more attractive options in town, and I think 
that's a very good reason. Both of your reasons, not research and off the top of your head, I think are far more valid than this argument from Billy Penn. I think this argument, this article was bullshit. <laughs> um, it's written by a person named Chris Rim, uh, R-H-I-M. Uh, I'm sure Chris is a lovely human being, but he has no idea what he's talking about. So it's despite Gritty's popularity, Flyers attendance lowest in decades in decades. And by decades, he means that by the barest margin, because it's lowest has been since 2000 uh, so far in the season. We are still fifth in the NHL, fifth in the NHL. So it's a slight decline. I um. Um, I think some on average it's about 500 uh, tickets less a game, which is not great. Who are the franchises? Who are the franchises ahead man. of us? Who are the franchises ahead of us? I, I don't have that information. If I had to guess, um, they better I would be say like that, five of the original six, right? Uh, I don't know Toronto. how Chicago is doing this year, but it's definitely Toronto. Um, probably Montreal. Montreal. Maybe not Pittsburgh. Uh, we typically outdraw Pittsburgh, even when they're winning cups. We typically outdraw Pittsburgh. Boston, maybe. Uh, maybe Boston, but um, maybe Detroit's up there. Chicago has been doing well of late. Um, there's a couple candidates for who number four would be, but it, really, it doesn't matter because a) it's early in the season, and b) there's a hell of a lot of competition. The Sixers, as we talked about, are the most fun in town. The Eagles just won the damn Super Bowl, and the Phils went on a late run. We fell apart in August, but the Phils went on a late run. That's a lot of entertainment dollars to go around. So this article was presenting the idea that people have just given up on the Flyers. Lowest has been in decades. And technically, I guess that headline's true, but it's mostly bullshit. You know, so I, I have the uh, I have the attendance report for the 2018-2019 season so far. Chicago is number one. Montreal, oh, wow. Detroit, Toronto, and then Philly is five. Good for Detroit, man. Detroit's awful. That's that good for them uh, for still drawing. I guess good for Chicago. Um, I hate Last that. In the league is the New York Islanders. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, playing out Brooklyn. Yeah, Boston doesn't draw extraordinarily well, but I mean, we always do. We are a hockey town, so whatever. Grady's great. Flyers are great. Watch them have fun. And that's the end of my little diatribe. <laughs> All right. So we are still out in the uh out on the savannah with our binoculars searching for bryce harper <laughs> we're we're big game hunt we're star hunting out uh so we're gonna hold off because when bryce harper signs it's emergency podcast time be ready <laughs> i like how you, you say that like hypothetically to our audience be ready and you're really saying it to gene and i going like when he signs we're doing a show that night <laughs> like it's gonna be your kid's birthday it's like please sign on a sunday <laughs> but go on no that's all i don't know why uh we're in africa hunting uh bryce harper but uh, uh, anyway because he's big game i don't know yeah i mean maybe that's where i was going with it, but anyway. real quick i think we have a nickname if bryce harper comes here we have to refer to him as big game <laughs> Hey, big man, game big Harper. Game Harper. Big uh, game. 
we we got the process. We had the big unit. Now we got big game. Yeah, so the, he'd be the large in the small, medium, large free agent, uh, non Starbucks conformed <laughs> sizing chart. He'd be the Vente. <laughs> All right, so it's time we... to take a trip to Chuck's peddling box. Okay, okay, and for this week's edition of the penalty box, uh, let's start with Gene. Gene, we're going to start with you. Who is in your penalty box this evening? Well, I'm glad you started with me because I was worried that mine might get taken. So uh, I'm going to put dumb, dumb Wingston in the penalty box. Now, I think that we're going to get pigeonholed as a Philadelphia mascot podcast. Um but I don't care because there there are worse things in the world to be pigeonholed as is the mascot the place to go to get your mascot news. Philadelphia added a new mascot. We've just been adding them like crazy this year, called Wingston. It's for the Philadelphia Wings, and I really feel like a, uh, <laughs> as far as design goes, this one has got basically none. It's like if you take like. <laughs> Uh, the idea of a mascot, like a fuzzy Muppet shape, and put nothing else on it. It's even, like, nude colored. <laughs> and you wrap the eyeballs like a unibrow of goggle fur. And then, like, that's the mascot. That's it. It's basically a naked mascot. They should have called it the naked mole rat or something. But it's called Wingston. The name isn't even creative. It's not a bird. That's my first problem. You are the Philadelphia Wings, and you're not a bird. Like, I just don't get it. Birds have wings. It seems obvious to me. But, no, we name him Wingston, which is kind of ish like a name, but not an actual name. It's just terrible. It's horrible because the the, the Wings left town and then came back, and they just immediately just re, like reassumed their, their, their name and everything. They had a contest. Do you remember this? They had a contest, like, we should we rename the team? Yep. And everybody was just like, nah, let's just call it. We'll just stay the wings. They had to, <laughs> really? You had to have a contest to say that nobody's going to want to change the name of the team they used to follow? But did you see that he spins his head? The whole head? Yeah. Like, Very Linda uh, Blair. Very Linda Blair. I don't know why that have would be appealing this, right? to children. I don't, have you seen I, this, Chuck? I have, uh, no, I, I just read it. I did not see it in action. And it was what Goldie, the golfer from Minnesota, uh, their mascot apparently does it as well. So it's not even unique. Like, we just ripped <laughs> it off. No, 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 no. Gene, your point is true. Like, they, they started going through the EA Sports mascot, you know, customization wizard and, like, stopped after step two. They're <laughs> like, this is fine. And it's just like a an unnamed beige-ish color. Like, what is, like if you had to say what is the what is the animal or what is the thing, I would say it's a nude man. <laughs> like a, no, you're not like a. He's got a tail, right? Well, so did people. They used to have tails. It's it's like he's like a primordial human with a jersey on. Okay, he kind of looks like a. Oh, you know what he looks like? He looks like a turtle. He looks like a Koopa uh, <laughs> without the shell. Like, he's this, yeah. that color. Yeah. Got that nose, that okay. sort of Koopa Troopa. Uh, Koopa Trooper. Yeah, but not Koopa green. Trooper. I mean, if he was green, he's. I just can't get past his, like, ambiguous, like, flesh tone. Like, I, <laughs> What crayon would you use to color him? Yellow? Like, very soft pink. <laughs> 
Somehow this penalty box has turned into its own segment. <laughs> any any care to wrap up, Chief? We talk well, about you gonna give up a penalty or what? Well, <laughs> I th- I think we I think Crayola should actually make a crown that's called Wingston. That's how I will wrap up. Okay, all right. So it is a five minute major for. Um, living life as a mascot instead of a crayon. Um, I think the best thing that did come out of this, that did redeem Wingston, um, is I think Potadelphia has found our mascot. If we've been pigeonholed as a mascot podcast, I think the Potadelphia pigeon, you know, straight from Love Park, is our mascot. So we have an unofficial mascot, the Potadelphia pigeon. He doesn't take no shit. He certainly gives it, and he's direct from Love Park. Uh, Dave, what, I was going to say, what is your mascot? <laughs> Who's in your penalty box? Well, this might qualify. I'm putting John Taffer in my penalty box. <laughs> Look, Paramount Network, you know, formerly Spike, Paramount <laughs> Network now, uh, because evidently they can show Indiana Jones trilogies uh, six days out of the week <laughs> but on the last day sunday indiana jones can rest and john taffer takes over all day on sunday on the paramount network now my wife and i have this running gag that sunday is not complete until you hear john taffer yelling at somebody uh, uh from the kitchen tv because when i'm not when i don't have a football game on i'll just put bar rescue on and i I don't know why I do it because I hate the show. <laughs> it's the most bullshit show I've ever seen in my life. These bars get remade that, and they look like, um, I don't even know what to, how I would describe it. Like a play school bar. Like they get set up with these like decors that look plasticky and fake. And there's no way anybody would enjoy actually going to a bar that has been quote unquote rescued by the great John Taffer. Okay. I, I need to see a follow-up on how do these bars actually do afterwards? I'm sure that there's analytics on that somewhere, but even if they are successful, what is the show telling us be shitty at running a business and we'll come and rescue your ass. Hey, how about the bar owner who's like working his ass off, doing a great job, just scrapping by, not worthy of getting saved, huh? That guy doesn't need any help. But the dude who gets drunk every night at a bar and hits on his employees, let's save that. Let's save that company. Get the hell out of here, John Taffer. Sick of it. Damn, John Taffer is going down. He is getting a 10-minute game misconduct for portraying reality TV that is neither real nor is good TV. And in the spirit of Bar Rescue, we're going to rename the penalty box. We're going to rename it to The Prestige or some other (laughs) awful name which he renames bars to. Now, I've actually been in one of those bars. Like literally weeks before it got remade. No way. <laughs> and I, it was in Chicago. I don't know. You've probably seen this one. It was the one where they had board games. Have you seen that one? Oh yeah, I think yeah, I did. Yeah. So we went in there, at, and I got to be honest. Like, I had a great time in that bar. And when I saw that it was getting remade, I was a little mad because <laughs> they basically took everything that made that bar interesting or charming or unique in the city of Chicago and like stripped it of it. 
The so. bar was probably fine. It's the owner was probably shooting heroin in the back and like banging cocktail waitresses. It was a very sweet, small old lady, if I remember correctly. Well, she Don't can, judge. She do heroin do not bang judge cocktail waitresses. I just had this vision of like I was at a bar in Bar Rescue. I was just imagine like in all the establishing background shots, Gene was just there for the entire renovation. Like, do I need to move for this? Are you taking out this bar? Okay, all right. Well, oh, that's great. Anybody want to play another game of Connect Four? Yeah. All right, all right. In my penalty box, I'm putting in eBay because. I like to find uh, sports memorabilia and crap like that on eBay. Um, it's a great resource for jerseys. If you don't have an immediate need for a jersey and you just kind of want to wait around until you find one that, that works for you, it, it's a it's nice. You know, you can get a, a, a fine quality jersey at a great price. And I have one I have my eye on now. We'll throw it out there and see if anyone wants to bid against me. It's a Chris Pronger 2010 Winter Classic jersey. And they have this option of, like, make a bid. I didn't like the initial price on it. It was a little little too high for me. So I was going to make a bid to see if I can get a little bit less. And then I got an email from eBay going, People are bidding on this item that you looked at. See if you can negotiate with the seller to see if you can get a good price for it. I'm the one bidding on it. Yeah. <laughs> like, so they're for for me, it sucks as a person trying to win it. They're they're saying to anyone who looked at it, like, hey, somebody's bidding on it. For the seller, it sucks. It's like going, hey, somebody's lowballing this dude. See if you can get in on it. Like ebay what the hell are you doing you had a fine market you it worked well it was like hey i want to sell something this is the price i like the idea that i can place a a bid or haggle essentially god isn't that awful (laughs) i like to find things cheap and then haggle for them but whatever i wasn't going to pay the original price and then they undercut themselves so ebay you're getting a two-minute penalty for screwing over your participants so (laughs) <laughs> and that made me sad and then it made me erect i don't know what happened with that slide whistle i guess they had the wrong cue lined up but ebay said stop playing around with my heart good job chuck <laughs> all right everybody that's all the time we have for today at potadelphia uh a very happy veterans day to all of you veterans out there listening to this on the observed holiday as veterans day was yesterday um please if you uh find it in your heart uh please uh review and rate our show on itunes it would help spread the good word of potadelphia to all of the heathens in the delaware valley um also please check out the whip around our sister show and if you haven't done so yet please download um our our bonus episode where chuck did the uh, the great interview um and uh have a great day at work unless you're all for veterans day in which case enjoy your free time because i'm going to work we'll see you next week bye